Welcome to Fizz Horizons, a series of podcasts and other resources bringing you interviews on some of the hottest topics affecting financial institutions. Economic uncertainty, ESG, geopolitical conflict, regulatory change, and digital transformation. We'll be covering it all. We'll be sharing the details that you need to know in order to stay ahead. My name is Nigel Sharman. I'm with Hogan Lovells in Hong Kong, and I'm here with James Wood, investment funds partner, and Mark Bennett, counsel in our strategic operations, agreements, and regulatory practice from our Sydney office. And they're going to be telling me about this new big thing in Australia, Build to Rent. Firstly, Mark, can you tell us what the Build to Rent sector is and how big it is compared with other places, such as the UK, for example? Thanks, Nigel. Look, um, built to rent is a term that means residential accommodation that has been purposely built and designed to house long-term tenants rather than being sold to individual owners. Instead of building with the aim of selling to buyers, the idea is to keep these properties leased out to long-term renters. The emphasis is on making these homes attractive to the renter demographic. Whereas traditionally, I guess, apartment blocks are designed and built with a view towards maximising the sales of the final product, the emphasis in build-to-rent project is all about maximising the livability for the renter. So the developer retains ownership of all the apartments and offers them for longer-term rent. BTR offers longer leases up to three years compared to one year, say, in private sector, but also facilities such as gyms, spas, yoga rooms, and rooftop spaces are available. BTR is an established practice in the UK and in the US, but is only just catching out in Australia. Rents may be set at market rent or for affordable and social housing at an appropriate discount to market rents. Rents are more expensive than in the purely private sector, and some leases include termination penalties if you try to break the lease early. Also, renters may take exception for having to pay for facilities and amenities they don't use. The sector encompasses affordable housing, social housing, and retirement accommodation. This only adds to the attractiveness of the Australian property market, which has historically been seen as low risk for foreign investment. Much of the current development is taking place in Australia with the completion of projects in Richmond and South Bank, Caulfield and Queen Victoria markets. Brisbane has also seen actively with plans to build a 443 unit tower at Brisbane showgrounds. We're talking here almost always about blocks of high rise apartments, of course. The approach is different to the conventional build to sell model where a developer builds an apartment block then sells off each individual apartment or unit which the buyer or tenant may end up living in. The sector is small now, but predicted to grow. A report by Ernst & Young identified that the BTR sector in Australia is currently worth about $16.5 billion Aussie dollars, which comprises roughly 0.2% of the total value of the residential housing sector and equates to 23,000 apartments, either completed, that's about 4,000 units, or in development, about 19,000 units. This type of housing is often more friendly to tenants. BTR property managers see that they are offering long-term rental services to customers rather than seeing themselves as property owners whose main income comes from capital gains acquired when they sell the property. As professional landlords, BTR managers can be expected to provide long, stable leases for their tenants. 
which means tenants can plan to live in neighbourhood while, for example, they build connections to the local community. BTR housing is likely to be built to a higher standard than private rent into houses, as owners know that they will own and be responsible for the buildings for many years. BTR property managers with a portfolio of buildings will also be able to negotiate better deals with maintenance companies for timely repairs. I think finally, there's also the opportunity to improve tenants' quality of life when professional BTR managers allow them to keep a domestic animal as a pet or make aesthetic changes to apartments, such as changing wall colours. All right, thanks. Thanks, Mark, for the, uh, for the overview. So, James, what makes this sector so particularly attractive to international investors? Yeah, it's a really good question. Thanks, Nigel. Um, BTR investors, such as large long-term asset holders like superannuation funds or pension plans, are attracted to the steady income streams offered by the model, I think. And in terms of economic performance, the residential asset class often outperforms commercial and industrial asset classes. So definitely interesting to to people on the sponsor side. There's also opportunities for institutional investors in providing financing to new projects. In the United Kingdom, for example, non-bank lenders are particularly active in the equivalent private rented sector market, which I think suggests if Australia follows a similar path as the sector develops, there'll be interest from Australia's superannuation funds and insurance companies to participate by contributing debt or equity. Part of the reason, I think, for the recent interest includes growing tenant demand where a shortfall of housing supply combined with a lack of good quality rental accommodation is driving demand for longer-term rental options. I think there's also a variety of tax and planning incentives available to developers, which makes it interesting. Investors, of course, should be aware of additional taxes and duties, and that can depend on the state or territory. So definitely worth getting in touch to discuss that. Partnerships are also on offer, bringing together housing developers and community housing providers. Sovereign wealth funds and pension funds are able to invest in resi real estate and affordable housing through what's called a managed investment trust. And there are certain eligibility criteria that that go with that. Governments across Australia earlier this year introduced new tax changes to boost investment. The Australian government is encouraging investment in BTR, particularly given there's a housing affordability crisis. And through the reduction of withholding tax penalties for international investors who use managed investment trusts for investing in BTR makes it definitely on the radar of many international investors. This puts BTR investments on the same taxation rate as other property investment options, such as hotel, corporate buildings and retail. Earlier this year in April, the Australian government announced that it would provide incentives to increase the supply of housing by reducing the withholding tax rate for eligible fund payments for managed investment trusts attributable to residential BTR projects from 30% to 15%. The measure is going to apply from 1 July 2024 onwards in relation to income attributable to newly built BTR projects. The Capital Works tax deduction depreciation rate for eligible new BTR projects will also increase from 25 to 4% per year. The measure applies to projects where construction began after the day of the budget, which was 9 May 2023, and will reduce for the period that construction costs of eligible buildings are depreciated from 40 to 25 years. Tenants are attracted by the prospect of affordable, high-quality accommodation in convenient central locations close by to transport, 
shops and other local conveniences. With available land at a premium, however, finding suitable locations of sufficient size is becoming a challenge for developers. BTR is a relatively new asset class in Australia and many renters may not even realise that it's an option available. As awareness increases, so will confidence in the market and opportunities for investors as well. Thanks, James. And uh, Mark, I believe there is some Japanese interest. Oh, there definitely is. Um, Look, Japanese largest property companies have been expanding their operations in recent years in order to boost offshore revenue whilst growth at home is, um, I guess, constrained by shrinking and ageing population. Um, Japanese investors are definitely looking for a high yield asset and the withdrawal of some Chinese investment in Australia has brought opportunities for institutional investors in projects and assets here. Japan's largest home builder, Daiwa House, has said it sees Australia as a big target for growth and in uh, July 2023 it announced that it would invest about a quarter of a billion Aussie dollars in a BTR joint venture with Lend-Lease. Japanese property companies are genuinely looking to increase revenue generated offshore at a time when economic constraints and an ageing population are restricting opportunities in their home market. In an interview, Chief Executive Ki Chiyoshi was reported saying that we believe that we can be in Australian market and work with the people here and work in this country and be of use to Australia. I mean, I I guess finally travel restrictions during the pandemic made visiting and inspecting sites here in Australia very difficult, leading to a pause in Japanese investment. That trend though, Nigel, now appears to have been reversed and we are definitely seeing that Japanese investors are sizing up the Australian market again. James, sustainability is the buzzword at the moment. So how do these new projects help advance that goal? Good question, Nigel. So developers are targeting the sector with a view to creating sustainable buildings that will serve the needs of local populations long into the future, given the mandate. There's a clear link between sustainability and value. And so I think if you believe in the adage of what gets measured gets done, sustainability is very much at the forefront of the agenda. Recent modelling cites the cost of energy use used in common areas of a BTR building, such as corridors and foyers at 2% of gross revenue, for example. Buildings constructed to European standards can achieve a 50% reduction in such costs, according to the developer and investor model. So definitely interesting. Global investors will be looking to benchmark construction standards with most advanced uh, jurisdictions around the world and will look particularly into the US, the EU and the UK as comparators. All BTR projects are evaluated by the National Built Environmental Rating System, which is the national rating system that measures the environmental performance of Australian buildings. The rating system follows the best practice in terms of energy efficiency, waste management, water usage, the indoor environment quality of a building and its environmental impact. Great. Thank you. Thank you, James. So, Mark, the crucial question, how can Hogan Lovells help? Indeed. Look, um, we see four key phases, uh, all with respect to which Hogan Lovells can definitely offer legal support and project guidance. Obviously, the acquisition of the site and construction of the development, we can support with site acquisition across Australia. 
once development is completed, developers contract out management obligations to BTR operators or managers, if you like, under a management agreement. We can definitely support clients with respect to navigating that and negotiating appropriate responsibilities with respect to ongoing management of the asset like maintenance and leasing and capital investment. If debt is required in the project, Hogan Lovells can definitely support lending arrangements with financiers who, from experience, usually require tripartite deeds with developers and the BTR manager, under which they acquire certain rights in respect of the building contract and the property management agreement. On completion of construction, the residential apartments will likely be marketed by the PTR manager alone or potentially in conjunction with a third-party letting agent. And the developer will enter into residential tenancy agreements with individual tenants in the building, which tenancies will be managed by the BTR manager. We possess a deep experience with the drafting and negotiation of innovative long-term residential leases and leasing management agreements to complement any BTR model. I think, Nigel, there's also a fifth phase which we can also support clients, namely, and it really depends on the development, the BTR development, and that is any sort of derivative commercial or hospitality components of a BTR estate. This might be a buy-to-sell portions of the estate or commercial retail leasing or even a hotel management agreement. I I really want to sort of close with one final point, which I want to raise um, in respect of local council and authorities' attitude across Australia to BTR developments. And they're definitely coming to terms with BTR developments during the planning consent phase. As it's pitched in a more affordability end of the spectrum, planning authorities seem to deal much more positively with BTR model than other standard or ubiquitous residential developments. Not necessarily offering extra floors or loosening the FSA regs, but the style and nature of the consent process is seemingly more positive and is a little less frustrating than typical discussions for, say, a luxury residential development. Thanks, Mark. So. Um... The build-to-rent boom is alive and well in Australia, bringing new opportunities for investors far and wide. Thank you to James and Mark for giving us their insights. Thank you, Nigel. Thanks, Nigel. Visit engage.hoganlevels.com for the full Fizz Horizons 2024 report, more podcasts and other resources.